Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. In today's episode, we're going to continue this conversation around being, beingness, and I'm answering a question from one of our listeners, Phyllis. She wrote me an email talking about how much she liked the last episode, but she wants me to elaborate a little more on how to move from doing first to the diligence of being, then doing as it pertains to wealth. Now, in the episode just before this, I did talk about the distinction between be, do, have, and how your being initiates a set of actions, and those actions bring into you your result. Contrast that with how most people operate in the world is that they are in action first. They need to do something. I figure if I do this, then I will get something. I'll I'll have something. And in the having of whatever, that will make me feel a particular way. Then I can be happy. I can be successful. But the actual formula from the context of law of attraction is reverse. It's be, do, have, not do, have, be. Now, I thought that the last two episodes did a fairly good job of kind of explaining this. And I say kind of. It wasn't as explicit. You kind of had to read between the lines. Uh, The Five Minute Friday was the mindset or the million dollar mindset. And in that episode, I talk about assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. How to be first. Assume the feeling, the beingness of the wish fulfilled. And then the fulfillment of that wish is inevitable when you're coming from that space, when you're coming from that beingness. When you're coming from that space, coming from that beingness, when you're in alignment with the intention of that you want to draw to you. And then on Monday, like I said, I talked about the be, do, have. And so with anything, especially when it's not as explicit, not as detailed, specifically around wealth, it begs a deeper question. And so in this episode, I'm answering the deeper question about wealth and beingness. Hence the title, How to Be Wealthy. This episode ended up being a little longer than I anticipated, so I'm breaking it up into two parts, part one and part two, to make it a little more digestible for your listening pleasure. And so I'll be picking an appropriate spot to end this episode and set up the next episode, which will be released immediately after this one. So first and foremost, let's just get clear. Let's create a working definition of what being is. Now, in philosophy, the branch of philosophy that deals with beingness is ontology. And from an ontological point of view, being is the state or the existence of something. When we say state is the totality of how you're showing up, mind, body, spirit. Uh, It refers to the fundamental presence or reality of an entity or an object. Something is said to exist because it is a being, and it feeds into a greater perspective on existence in general that one cannot be unless it exists. And from the context of being, it suggests that it has a form of identity. And from our observation, it is made distinct, even though it's part of a broader reality. 
So hopefully that didn't get too complex. How I usually explain beingness is in the terms of presence. When you walk in the room, what is present? What shows up? What is your energy? What's your attitude? What's your mindset? When people interact with you, how are you being in relationship to them? What is the alignment of your heart, your mind, and your body? The totality of what shows up essentially is your being. So since we're in the answering the question of how do you be in relationship to wealth, I guess we need to define wealth, create a working definition of wealth. When we create a working definition, we try and define it in terms in which we can manipulate it, talk about it, discuss it. And wealth in and of itself is somewhat of a broad subject, broad idea. And so we want to delineate or make it as distinct as possible so we have an agreement on what we're talking about. Now, before I go into this, I also want to talk about form versus essence. And when I talk about the form of things, that is the material aspect of wealth. And we're going to delineate what is the form of wealth and then what is the essence of wealth. For the context of beingness, we're going to end up in this conversation around the essence of wealth. So in the context of form or the forms of wealth, it's going to talk about cash, bank accounts, stocks, bonds, and other investments, you know, stuff that can be readily converted into uh, dinero, moolah, uh, bucks. It's going to involve the tangible assets, assets such as real estate, vehicles, uh, equipment, valuable possessions, art, um, any physical asset is defined by something that has intrinsic value to a number of people. Another thing that determines wealth by a lot of its standards is the amount of income, the regular earnings of the profits generated through employment, through, through a business, or your investments. Do you have more money coming in than going out? Do you have an investment portfolio? A portfolio of assets that generates or returns capital appreciation. That's considered an aspect of wealth, the form of wealth. Another way that people talk about wealth is your net worth. The difference between your total assets and your total liabilities or debts. Now, another aspect of wealth or being wealthy, and this could be somewhat in the essence form or the essence aspect of wealth, and that is your access to resources, your ability to access essential goods and services, your access to education or good education, uh, good health care, and other opportunities. It seems like the wealthy have a greater access to some of these fundamental aspects of being human or that support, I guess, being human. And then we're going to get into the quality of life, which also could be considered an aspect of the essence but a lot of people consider the quality of life as the, the quality of the how, abode, the house that one lives in. How big is it? How many rooms does it have? Does it have central air, heating, a pool? You know, the amenities that are involved in that. And then also, too, the, the standard of living, access to education, uh, health care and leisure. Now, now I've had clients for one reason or another have found themselves in a luxury educational environment through a scholarship or through a grant. They find themselves rubbing shoulders with the rich, quote unquote, 
They're in the same educational environment, one that is only accessible if you have money, or for the most part, if you have money. And then, because there was an economic difference in what they could do with their free time and how they thought about money, talked about money, how they wasted or didn't waste money, they felt apart from that environment. Even though they had access to this profound education or a higher level of education, they still didn't feel as if they were wealthy. And so, again, how you measure wealth, how you define wealth for yourself will define how you are being in relationship to that. Now, as I proceed, I'm going to talk about wealth in more of the essential terms, the intrinsic terms that just about anybody has access to. And when you can be in relationship to the essence of wealth, you'll start attracting it to you faster and faster. Financial opportunity, different opportunities, love, health, wealth. It will be accessible to you based on how you're being in the world. You'll start making decisions about your investments, about moving forward based on your attitude, based on your perspective. And this is all wrapped up in how you're being present to reality, your beingness. So again, I'm going to talk about this from a variety of perspectives so it lands with more than just one of you and hopefully paints a broader picture of what wealth means and how to be and how to be related to wealth before you start taking action. And that's really the essence of what Phyllis was asking me. So put in simple terms, before you buy the real estate, before you buy the automobile, before you buy the equipment, before you invest your funds, you want to make sure that you're coming from the context of wealth, coming from the perspective and the attitude mindset of wealth, and not to make up for something, not coming from poverty. You want to be living in the wealth mindset before you make the investments, before you take the job, before you spend the money. And from here on out, we're going to drill down deeper on what that looks like, sounds like, feels like. So since I just talked about spending, we'll talk about spending first. So what is the attitude of wealth in spending? Well, one, people that come from poverty mindset, scarcity mindset, are more concerned with the price of things rather than the value of things. Let me say that again. People are really concerned about the price of things and not the value of things. I just experienced this myself. My wife and I have been discussing adding our youngest son, the son that's in the autism spectrum, to our club membership, the health club membership. And previously, like three or four years ago, when he was an active member, it was like $20 extra a month, which is nothing. And so I was really considering it. But I noticed that the overall bill had been kind of increasing incrementally over time. I wasn't really paying as much attention to it as I probably should have. But, you know, I was enjoying the facilities. And so I, I called just to find out what would it take to add him back on, you know, create another active member under our account. And it was four times what I was thinking, four times up, you know, $80 extra. And I, I started balking at that. Like, you know, he's autistic. He doesn't go as often as we would go. And he spends time with his dad. And so it's, is it, and I'm like, is it really worth it? Is it really worth it? And I was trying to wrap my head around it and it just didn't seem worth it to me. I'm, I'm thinking about the price, 
thinking about the price of it. I'm not thinking or connected to the value of it. And in the thinking of the price of it, 24-hour fitness or LA Fitness, which is a different club, you know, it's like half of the price or a third of the price of what we pay at this other club. And I'm thinking, well, why don't I just you know, stop this other membership and start going over there. It's even closer. But I have to say the quality of the facility is not as good as where we're currently a member. The machines are better. The ambience is better. The people are better. The The customer service is amazing. And so I was, I was just trying to wrap my head around it. And I realized that I was bumping up against some kind of limiting belief in my mindset. And I was not coming from the context of wealth. I was coming from the context of scarcity. And so I was thinking about it, and if I was the only one on the membership, our entire family, there are four of us on the membership, and I had to pay the entire amount just for me, would I do it? Would I be receiving the value? And as I thought about it, I would. It would be more money than any of the other investments, the other clubs nearby us, but the quality is so much better. The The ambience is so much better. I enjoy working out there so much better. And so, yes, I would pay the entire amount just for me. So I reframed what the investment was. I say, okay, so the cost of membership is $300 a month just for me. And the rest of the family is free. Now that was even more worth it. I would be willing to pay and invest that money in my health and well-being and then the rest of the family's free. I didn't have to worry about how many times they go and whether or not they go. And I would get, I could determine what the value would be for me by extracting the value out of that exchange each and every month. And that decision to reframe it and look at it from the context of value, what is the value that I'm getting out of the experience? I come from the context of being wealthy or a wealth mindset an abundance mindset. Also in the reframing of it, I found it more motivating for myself to make sure I get to the gym on a regular basis. Because just having the membership in and of itself, if I don't use it, there's no value to it. So I have to utilize it in order to extract the value. And in extracting the value from it by utilizing the membership, it feeds into a greater investment, which is my health and well-being. Now, from the context of wealth, if we do not have our health, then we are at a disadvantage in life. Another perspective on value versus price is I have training. You can work with me one-on-one. -on -one. You can work with me in a group setting. You can you know, get involved in a course. There's different ways to work with me. And depending on how you work with me, they're at different price points. Now, some people might look at what it takes to work with me one-on-one -on -one and say, that's really expensive. And if anyone ever brings that up and says, that's really expensive, I usually ask, compared to what? Compare, <laughs> what are you comparing it to? Because it is a unique experience to work with me. And through the working with me, it will only make sense if it saves you time and money in the long run. Because if you first look at it and it costs you several thousand dollars, you know, out of pocket, you might say, well, that's too expensive. I don't have that. That's because people are focusing on the price, not the result that is going to be created from it. And the result is, will it increase your performance? Will it make more resources available to you, improve your thinking? I do not like working with people if it will not make a quantifiable result available to you in your life. 
One of my clients, Kevin, said it best after working with me on subpersonalities. It took an investment on his part to work with me inside the case study. It was less than I normally charge, but it was an investment. It was it was actually a decision that he wanted to talk with his wife about, and they decided to go ahead. And after the 10 weeks or 12 weeks we worked with each other, he gave me some feedback. And he said, I can't believe I balked at this. It was totally worth it. In fact, he knows people that spend $80,000 on an automobile and have heard, you know, get the thrill of buying it. And then soon afterwards, yeah, it's just a car. But, you know, you still expend $80,000. But he said, this investment was totally worth it. It was a slam dunk decision because even though it stretched me at first out of pocket, in the context of my life, it has relieved so much burden. It has made everything more possible. I'm happier. I'm more at ease. It's just, it has improved every area of my life. And how can that not be worth more than $80,000? You see, he got the value of it. He, he got to experience the value of it. It's harder on the front end when you're making the investment. You actually have to think ahead. What is the, going to be the consequence of this investment? If I get what I want, what difference is it going to make in my life? So there's some considerations there. But this brings me up to another aspect of the wealth mindset. You see, coming from the wealth mindset, you readily invest in your own training, your own education. Every investment that I've ever made in myself has translated into a greater ability to manifest money, to create more wealth, create more value, give better service. And so over the last 30 years, I've easily spent north of $100,000 on my education. And you get the benefit of it. A lot of it comes out in this podcast. A lot of it comes out in my coaching and my perspective in life. In fact, you cannot not be in relationship with me and not be the benefactor of my training, of my experience, how I'm being in life. And so an aspect of wealth is your own thinking process, your own education, your skill set. If you're increasing your skills year over year, you are going to increase your wealth. Now, also in the educational aspect of it, since we're talking about money, talking about wealth, from the aspect of education, you want to make sure that you're grounded in the vocabulary of wealth, the vocabulary of money. You want to talk about investments and assets and liabilities. You want to know what the difference are between all those. How does compound interest work? When is it preferable or beneficial to actually go into debt for an investment? You see, a lot of the fear that people have around money, a lot of the uncomfortableness they have around money is that they only think of it in terms, I get X number of dollars through my job and I have to spend a certain amount to go out. And we're not in the conversation or connected to the conversation about growing our funds, growing our money. And in a moment, I'm going to talk about the different channels or different uh, avenues of receiving money. Well, why don't we just go there now? One of the major shifts in being connected to wealth, coming from the wealth mindset, is realizing that there are multiple opportunities to make money, that there's more than enough money in the world, and all we have to do is develop an idea to channel or funnel some of that money, the trillion dollars that changes hands every day, trillions, trillions of dollars that changes hands every day. All we need is one idea because money follows ideas. It supports ideas. Create Wherever you're creating value, you're going to have money come to support that value. 
But again, this is in the vocabulary of money, of finances. Are you creating value? Are you giving service? And we'll expand on those different concepts in just a couple minutes. But again, it's from the context that there's more than one way for money to come to me. I don't have to just rely on a job. I just don't have to rely on a business or selling something. There are multiple, because that is in the doing. See, if I go to my job, if I'm, if I'm active in my business, then by doing those different activities, then I will get money. Then we'll make an attitude, a way of being available. But in that thinking, it's limiting because there's a ceiling to the amount of money I can make through my job, through my career, through my business based on my past thinking. A good example of this is that most people, when they lease a car or they buy a car, they consider their current income as payment or a way to pay for or fund that new car. Robert Kiyosaki, who wrote the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, would think of it this way. He said, if I wanted a new Mercedes and the monthly payment was going to be about $800, then I would go out and find me an investment, usually a house that would cash flow me $850 a month. So he would buy the house, put a renter in there, and then there'd be $850 a month left over after paying the bills, the taxes, and all the associated expenses in maintaining that abode. And so he said he would win on multiple fronts. The payment for the car would not be out of pocket. There'd also be the tax advantages of having the rental property. And also the client would be paying the mortgage off with increasing the equity in the house. And so I would not be losing money in buying the car. I would actually be making money. This is a difference in mindset around how to manage your investments and the difference between a liability and an investment. Let's just talk about that for a moment. A car would be a liability because the moment you buy it, it begins depreciating in value. It's costing you money just to drive it. It's costing you in gas, wear and tear, the depreciation on the car, and your monthly payment, as well as, you know, if you're paying monthly payments, the interest on that borrowed money. And that interest on that borrowed money is not tax deductible. Unless you drive it for business, it is not a tax deductible event. And so that automobile is costing you out of pocket every month, every day, every day you use it, every minute that you use it, it's costing you money. Now, as far as the car goes, you need to think about it in the greater context because I did, the way I talked about the liability costing money every minute is, it, it, it feels negative. It's scarcity thinking. You have to think about it that it gets you to and from your job, makes your job possible, it makes living and getting to the grocery store And so it's an acceptable liability for a lot of people. But from the context of wealth, can you make it work for you rather than against you? And again, that comes from a particular perspective or mindset. Now, another aspect of wealth or the wealth mindset that seems like it's only afforded to you by having access to resources, and that is the power of choice. And because of that that availability of choice, a lot of people equate money with freedom. If I had more money, then I'd have more choice. Not necessarily. It's all in your perspective, and it's how you're being. So one of the things I'm suggesting in here, in order to be in relationship to wealth or be in the wealth mindset, before you start taking action, is live from choice. Now, if you go back to the example of the health club, 
I'm choosing to pay a little bit more money because of the benefits and the value that I get from it. It's a choice. I don't have to pay it. And and from that context, I'm responsible. I'm responsible in my choice. See, your ultimate freedom, and I've talked about this. I'll talk about it till I'm dead because it is such a powerful concept. Your ultimate freedom is your ability to choose your response no matter what goes on. No matter what's going on around you, you can choose your response. You may not like what's going on around you, but you can choose your response. This is the end of part one, and I continue the conversation in part two. This is the end of part one of this conversation, and we continue the... This is the end of part one, and we continue the conversation in part two, which you can pick up right away. In episode three... In episode 329. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel DeNovi, urging you to follow your bliss. Live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 